0: Guys, this is what Lorcana week is going to be like. We are truly in for it. No, but seriously, 13 cards today on just Monday. Crazy week. Let's get right into it. Let's break them all down. Because, you know, honestly, we got got some bad cards and we got some good cards. But mostly bad cards. So let's try and get through this quick. Let's go. All right. Ursula's Cauldron is a two-cost, uninkable item for Amethyst with the ability of peer into the depths, which is exert this, look at the top two cards of your deck, put one on the top of your deck and the other on the bottom, creating this wonderful world of sifting. So what are our strengths? Which cheap, repeatable effect that allows you to get away with more uninkables in your deck, smoothing out the curve of your draws, allows you to play less copies of a card also, adds deck consistency. Weakness, it's uninkable, needs to be drawn early, to have an effect on the game, the opportunity, of course, is that it allows you to play more tech cards in your main deck helps combos, helps keep your other items safe for removal as a high value target. Threats, as always, uh, for any item, beast hard headed. So, like, honestly, um, I don't plan on spending too much time on any card in this video as we're getting through and we got lots to cover in the entire week, but this is a, one of my favorite cards revealed today. Uh, I think it's a wonderful thing to be doing on turn two for Amethyst. It really will shape the rest of your game. It'll continuously give you the card selection uh, to help you hitting your male- Maleficence, help you hitting your friends with uh, friends on the other <laughs> side, help you continue making the best possible draw for the entirety of the game if you can play it on two. And for that, I'm a big fan of Cauldron. Hope it works out. Hope we can get it in early and just continuously fill out the rest of our draws. Let's get in the next one. The Poison Apple... Uh, Gets an A-plus for art, gets an A-plus for flavor, love everything about it. So, three-cost, uninkable item for Ruby, with the ability of take a bite, which is pay one resource and banish this item to exert chosen character. If a princess character is chosen, banish her instead. Yeah, seriously, the uh, flavor of this card is maximum levels of awesome, I uh, was very excited. It was really cool. In an upcoming video, you'll see that I record it with Jacob from Race at Draw. This was literally spoiled in the middle of the interview. So you get to hear a little bit of a, you know, straight up hot take in the moment response from us. Look forward to it on the channel. But back to this one. Let's get into the strengths, weaknesses, opportunity, and threats. Strengths for poison apples. It can sit and play until needed. Combos really well with Aladdin, heroic outlaw, and Milan. If you can't banish a princess, A weakness, of course, it's uninkable. It is expensive upfront cost. Instead of playing a character, needs to trade with a higher cost princess to be worth. The slot might be a little too niche. The opportunity, of course, is if princesses become more of a prevalent in any metagame, Ruby has a powerful answer to combo with it and other removal options. Allows you to sit in the game until late. late in the game. Will limit when your opponent can actually play. Build a deck to be able to skip turn three to play it, and at a later cost, it isn't as ne- like n- negligible. The threats, of course, enough princesses at higher cost points to really matter. Current targets that come to mind are Moana and Aurora Dreaming Guardian are above curve, but, you know, aforementioned, there isn't any, like, crazy amounts of five, six, and sevens that are, like, an immediate threat to the game uh later on in the video we'll talk about jasmine this is a nice way to get rid of jasmine Uh, it's a nice way to get rid of rapunzel but other you know all their abilities have already gone off so it doesn't feel like the greatest trade ever so hopefully if we you know if there is a prevalent princess that is like a six or seven or eight cost that's really impactful on the metagame this cards you know will just obviously always go up but the fact that it's in the game and that it exists it's always kind of a silver bullet option so It's hard to say it's automatically playable right now, but it's definitely easy to say that at any moment princesses get out of hand, we're going to be really happy to have poison apple. Let's get to the next one. Sudden chill. And with this, uh, just because I'm, you know, remembering huge, huge shout out to all of the content creators, Inkwell, Illumiteers, B-Squared, the Uninkables, Hobbies and Happiness. Like, all of the videos releasing all the spoiled cards from the day, from Monday, were phenomenal. Uh, shout out to you guys. You totally earned it. Awesome videos. Um, seriously, if you haven't yet, check them out. They're really, really great videos. A lot of them either made me excited, they made me laugh, uh, they created fun conversations afterwards. All in all, wonderful job, guys. Congratulations. Now, let's get into this one. Sudden Chill. Sudden Chill is a 2 cost inkable action for Emerald. It's also a song. Each opponent chooses and discards a card. The strengths of Sudden Chill are cheap song discard in any form can be strong especially given the lack of consistent draw we have seen thus far. The weakness, we may have a little impact in the late game if the opponent is playing off the top, clashes with the bounce cards in Emerald currently so kind of a nombo. The opportunity, of course, is good for song decks. Amber, as a cheap, efficient song, and even if it cannot be sung, so good with Shell. Uh, Good with Flynn to take an even higher part of their hand away. Threats, not enough impact to warrant a deck inclusion. Um, this is another one where we're starting to see the layers of it. Flynn was number one. This is number two. If we start seeing a little bit more of these cards, if we get a character that when it enters play it makes your opponent discard if you really start adding these things up we start seeing more and more discard then i believe you know the synergy of it all will compound into a very playable deck so let's we'll to see what happens all in all i'm a big fan kind of sudden chill i'm a big fan kind of discard in general definitely fits my play style and i think that if we get a couple more pieces might work out you might actually be able to play like a pretty substandard uh discard deck early on next one We forgot to change the name, but it is LeFou the Instigator. So LeFou LeFou the Instigator is a two-cost inkable character for ruby, two strength, two willpower, and one lore, with, of course, the ability of fan the flames when you play this character, ready chosen character. They can't quest for the rest of the turn. Really, really simple and easy for this one, guys. Uh, You know, fan the flames on a character. That's a good strength weakness. Is two too much is the question that I'm really asking right now. Uh, the character isn't a solid on-curve character, so you're not playing this on two. You're probably playing this on five or playing this on six or much later in the game to get two activations out of Milan or get two activations out of uh, Aladdin, which is our opportunities, of course. And then the threats is too simply just might cost too much. Uh, you already have Ready on the Flame, Playing this guy later in the game is not threatening. So unless we really are setting up these combo-oriented decks that need four Fan the Flames and four La Flues so you can get the most out of challenging with Milan or the most out of challenging with Aladdin and you know maybe there's other things coming up, then I'm not certain that this card is going to really deem itself worthy for Ruby decks. Time will tell. The effect itself is always uh, nice to have. So... We'll just have to see how it goes. Next one. Cut to the chase. Cut to the chase is a two-cost inkable action for Ruby. Chosen character gains rush this turn. Cut to the chase. The strengths are it's a surprise factor. It allows for characters like Aladdin, Heroic Outlaw, and Milan to activate abilities out of nowhere. The weakness, of course, is a bit expensive. It's a one-time effect. Uh, Run actual rush characters, of course, is something you can be doing. Too much opportunity cost of a card and an ink value. The opportunity is may allow for card advantage trade at a high opportunity cost. In all honesty, you should probably just run pocket watch. The threats is probably too low of an impact. And, you know, I love the art on this card. It's magnificent. And the storytelling is wonderful within it. But two to give your guy rush means that like you have to, you have to play really weird off curve stuff. To make the most out of it, and like in all honesty, like pocket watch is just so much better. And I know it's a different color, and I know it's an item, but when you you have to draw comparisons, and right now that's like the best comparison. And pocket watch is already like on the layer of being fringe in most decks, so like that makes this card even worse in my opinion. I don't think it's going to make the cut in a lot of different lists. In all honesty, but moving on. Captain Hook, the ruthless pirate, is a 7-cost, uninkable character for ruby with 5 strength, 5 willpower, 2 lore, and he has the ability of rush, and of course, the ability of you, coward. When this character is exerted, opposing characters with evasive gain reckless. And, because I think it's incredibly fitting, his flavor text is, You wouldn't dare fight Old Hook man-to-man. He's a story-born villain, pirate, captain, all types of thing that might have some synergies with him. Uh, First and foremost, like seriously, uh, this card is great. I love it. I love the flavor of it. I love the story-born aspect of it. I think it's wonderful that he's actively combating with Pan, just similar to the movies. A lot of really cool things to be learned from this character. And like, ah, off the charts, off the charts. Let's get breakdown of them though. Strength for Captain Hook, Ruthless Pirates rush solid combat stats shuts down evasives potentially getting you a two or three for one just by himself uh with forcing them to run into his five five body might see play as a one of the weakness it's uninkable it's expensive it competes with own ink colors for top end characters it does have a pretty niche ability the opportunity is if you can fit another uninkable in your deck he would see play as a decent one of in your deck, backed up by card draw. He has all the right stats, except he's uninkable. The threats, just other options with his own or companion ink. Ruby has other ways of dealing with evasive, the removal, be prepared, of course, is a highlight of it. So you may not be needed at a top end. Um, so while I think the guy is flavorful, I think he's doing some really cool and interesting things. If evasive gets out of hand, similar to Poison Apple, you're seeing now a lot of Ruby cards that are very particular at being silver bullets. And this is one of those silver bullets in a world where we have sideboards, this is probably an auto-include in any version of it, along with the other cards that we've already mentioned, Poison Apple and a card coming up that we haven't gotten to yet. All in all, love the flavor hook. I think he will likely make the cut as a one-of in most decks, but the concept of having the ability to have multiple in the right meta and in the right, you know, time period for the game, it's really nice to already have this card, so we'll have to see what kind of impact it has early. And more. Tangle. Tangle is a two-cost inkable action. Simply says each opponent loses one. Strength, multiplayer, it's inkable, fits into lore denial strategies with Aladdin and Rapunzel. The Weakness, expensive one-time effect, low impact on board states. Opportunity, again, multiplayer. Threats, low impact. So you can see there's a lot of repeating going on there because it really is hyper-niche. It's only going to see play in decks that are all about stealing lore or removing lore from your opponent, which is fun. It's great. I think in multiplayer this card's wonderful and is probably one of the better things to be doing in multiplayer once we kind of start exploring that a bit more but all in all you're not going to play this card in every ruby deck it's only going to be played in whatever this lore theft deck or you know something like that where you're pairing it with cards like rapunzel and cards like aladdin um, and you have the different ways to utilize them as best to their abilities but Hard to say that this is going to make a true impact on any board state, and you're really gonna have to just like get so much out of removing your opponent's lore over and over again. Whereas, like if this was on a character, so it was like kind of like a two-point swing where it's like, all right, here's my two drop, one-one even, uh, take a lore from you and then or you know, just remove a lore from you, and then I still represent a lore, similar to, like a smaller Aladdin. I think it's a little bit better, but on an action. And not leaving anything else behind. I I don't think there's going to be room for this card. I think it's going to be like pretty bad, in all honesty. But, you know, they they can't all be winners, guys. Next one. The Sword of Truth is a four-cost, uninkable item for Ruby. Final enchantment. Banish this item. Banish chosen villain. Uh, So, of course, love the flavor. Incredible. Uh, The art is really, really subtle um it's really plain it's really simple but in all honesty i have a lot of hopes for this card i think the the, like the foil versions of this are going to look really sick but let's break it down sword of truths strengths large number of targets with villain in the trait that will only get better over time it's an evergreen ability weakness it's uninkable and it's expensive it competes within its own ink color for the ability to niche to warrant as uninkable The opportunity is there's a decent amount of high-end targets for villains. And the threats, of course, are Dragonfire costs five and hits any target. So I really like getting more of these banish items for Ruby, similar that we've seen in the past from Frying Pan. But now we're getting even more and more of these things, which is really cool. It is really interesting. But they are all super hyper niche. This and Poison Apple, very, very niche. So they're all going to be kind of warranting towards a particular metagame. They're all, they're all like A plus sideboard cards. But if we don't have sideboards and that doesn't exist, then playing this is going to be an absolute opportunity of cost of a high risk, high reward scenario. Whereas in the right metagame, it's going to be phenomenal. In the wrong metagame, it's going to be a four cost uninkable in your deck that you may never, ever want to play. So uh, got to take the goods and the bads. Next one. He's got a sword is a one cost inkable action for Ruby chosen character gets plus true strength with the, of course, flavor text of we've all got swords. One of my favorite and all honesty, again, I've mentioned this before in the past. Abu is like one of my favorite characters in all of Disney. Always made me laugh. Love him. Excited to see more art with him. And yeah, let's, let's break it down. He's got a sword strengths. Cheap and Inkable allows small characters to swing up on curve, weakness, one-time effect that will auto-cause card disadvantage, though may gain tempo and card quality. The opportunity is to play with evasives to not be able to be challenged back too often. The threats, low impact, and in all honesty, guys, this is uh, worse than Vicious Vicious Betrayal, and um, that card's real bad. So this card is is pretty bad. I don't think this one's going to see much play either. Just, yeah, Ruby didn't need this one, guys. Eh, Sorry, moving on. Bell, strange but special. And, oh, my goodness, guys. Scott's back. Listen, I know, we do this all the time, but Scott's back. Strengths, he wrote the SWAT, guys. He wrote it for you guys. He wanted to make sure you knew all the facts and knew everything. So help me out, all right? Help me out. Help me get over this hump hit the like button for me, hit hit me with a comment. Let me know what your favorite card from Lorcana Week has been so far, no matter what day you're watching this video. What's been your favorite card in the week? Hit me up, let me know. But let's go back to the SWAT and let's talk about what Scott loves about this card. The Strengths of Belle. First, let's break her down. She is an inkable four-cost character for Sapphire. She has two Strength and four Willpower with one lore. She has two abilities. The first is read a book. During your turn, you may put an additional card from your hand into your inkwell face down. My favorite part is her second ability's name, which is when you have 10 or more cards in your inkwell, this character gets plus four lore. I mean, seriously, guys, this this card potentially on its own represents five lore once you have 10 or more resources that officially is the highest lore count on a single character in the game uh i have been really hoping for a 10 cost character for sapphire but this ability on this card is effectively a 10 cost concept and i love it it's flavorful it's wonderful both of the abilities are so great they work so well with everlasting concepts of the lore, uh, you know, the mechanics, the ability of reading in general and gaining more knowledge and becoming more powerful. I love everything about this card, like everything, but let's break her down. The strength for Belle is, yes, she is the waifu for Scott. He's back from vacation, guys, as I mentioned earlier. This is inkable. It allows you to ramp by having a good size hand. It can be a huge payoff for ramping your resources or just get to it naturally amazing payoff for sapphire solid play at any time of the game potentially the highest lore seen in the game so far she's a princess so we have all that added bonus and she does something even when she does nothing lots and lots of things to be happy about for this card weakness she is a below average combat stats her strength is lower the willpower is you know pretty much on average or fine one base lore, and she is legendary, so she's going to be a little bit hard to acquire. The opportunity, other ramp effects, pair with Amethyst for card draw and protection. With Freezing, uh, pair with Amber for card draw, like Rapunzel, or pair with Steel for, of course, a whole new world. The threats, needs card draw to be effective, cannot afford to quest with her early on. Emerald cannot quest, or Reckless cards would definitely be a problem. So this card has pretty much everything that Sapphire fans have been wanting. Shout out to our friend, Citizens of Lorcana, who definitely hit me up immediately after seeing this. Uh, really excited for for his him and him him and Team Sapphire, of course. Uh, but yeah, this is a good one. This is really powerful. This is definitely the you know it's the card that Sapphire wanted the most. Uh, because it, it's a payoff. It's finally something to do with all these extra resources to gain, you know, such an advantage. And the idea that you can get this character out as early as turn three, and just so we're understanding, guys, you know, if we one-jump head on two, play Bell on three by inking a resource, you can then ink another resource on three. So now you're already at five, you go into the next turn, you can ink, ink, and go to seven. So you can be on seven resources as early as turn four which is out-of-this-world powerful. You can do a lot of things with seven resources on turn four and completely, you know, just remove a lot of your opponent's steam. So a lot to be happy about with this card. It is so much fun. It's so great to see it. I cannot wait to play with it. But let's move forward. Next one. Mother Gothel is a six-cost Inkable Emerald card with three strands, six Royal Power, and two Lore. With the ability of skip the drama, stay with Mama. While this character is exerted, opposing characters can't quest. I mean, just real quick. Emerald is starting to be the meanest color in Disney Lorcana Because all of its cards reads, no, you're not allowed to do what you want to do. No, you're going to do... What I want you to do. And that is so powerful. And this card, this card is fun and it's so mean. Let's break her down. Solid stats, including two lore. Very powerful ability, especially combined with bodyguard or keeping the board clear, bounce or healing. It's inkable. The weakness, it is expensive top end for low strength, especially when they cannot quest anyway. The opportunity is it's powerful late game, option to pair. With ruby or steel after be prepared or similar board clearing from steel, the threats pinpoint removal in her own ink color. John Silver is likely the better option. While John Silver could end up being better, he's a five, five for six, he gives things reckless, um, and he forces you them into doing different things. This is a little bit lower of stack curves, but the fact that it can just flat out say you can't quest also, you know, you might just want both of them. You might see. You know, an outlining effect of these, such as with Jasper included. Of there's all these different ways to basically tell your opponent, no, you cannot do what you need to do to attempt to win the game. You cannot gain lore. You cannot quest with these characters, and you're just forcing them into doing things they just don't want. Uh, so, whatever layer of these cards ends up being the best uh, overall package or the best overall synergy is let's you know it's it's it hasn't been discovered yet. But as we get the opportunity to play with the cards, get more games in, get the information, you know, this card definitely has a good chance of being a pretty standout card for Emerald. So I'm excited for it. Next one. Work Together. Work Together is a one-cost inkable action for Sapphire. Chosen character gains support this turn. Um... That's uh, that's what it does, on a on a, on an action. Yeah, all right. Let's break her down. Strength, support can help with trading, and it's inkable. It's a one cost action when Scepter of Arendelle is a card. And uh, I I want to be clear, guys. Scepter of Arendelle is a one cost, inkable, item that exerts. Does the same exact thing as this action. This card's bad. <laughs> this card's not good, guys. I'm sorry, it's not. The opportunity is, if if right, listen, guys. Seriously, we're not, I'm not kidding about this. The the opportunity for this card is that like you can light it on fire and it might warm you up. <laughs> you you're just you're never gonna play this card. This card's bad. Never gonna play this card. Maybe maybe unlimited at best but in a constructed constructed format you are never gonna play this card move on to the next jasmine queen of agarba is a five cost inkable sapphire character two strength five willpower and two lore she has shift three with the ability of caretaker when you play this character and whenever she quests you may remove up to two damage from each of your characters. So this is now the second character in the game that we're seeing like this that has the ability of when she comes into play she does something and when she quest she does something. So much like John Silver, she's a double downing effect and she's her effect is also immediate to the game. Really, really fun concept. Really, really cool for Jasmine. Really phenomenal art. Break her down. Jasmine, the Queen of Agarbo, strengths. She's solid stats including two lore. Ability is when played and when questing, so she will be a huge nuisance for your opponent. If she is not removed in one turn, she will likely have no damage on her the next turn. She's a princess and queen, and she's a 5 cost that helps you sing valuable songs. The weakness, of course, does have low strength. She currently, her shift cost is equal to the only Jasmine we have. Uh, Maybe we're going to get a 2 cost, hopefully. Slightly expensive, but really, this card could not cost any lower. The opportunity for the card is Prince Princesses and Queen potential synergy. She's also good for characters with high stats who can challenge, then she quests to heal them up. Uh, you can think about Jafar in Away, among many others, of Amber or uh, uh, Amethyst, etc. The threats why is she a sapphire and not Amber with the healing? She does very much compete with Rapunzel. Uh, so for a while, you know, this might be the cheap Rapunzel. It might be the budget Rapunzel effect because the fact that she comes in, repairs, you know, comes in, heals two, and then moves forward is really great. Uh, the fact that she's it's repeatable, you can do it again. You're like, listen, you got to deal five damage to this or you got to spot removal this. You have to find a way to get this off the table or literally every turn I'm just going to healing wave healing wave healing wave and uh it's just it's gonna be really really annoying to play again so lots of cool synergy here lots of things you can do with her and that is all 13 of my cards i believe right i think we got them through we are done we finished them uh that was not as bad as i was expecting but we did have a lot of cards that were just a little bit under the radar and honestly they're not very good so it was easy to get through them but this is only day one so hey who knows what to expect. Uh, Moving forward the set, there's like 38 or 39 cards left or something like that, so there's a very limited amount, but we do these for every single one. You can check out the latest one here or here, wherever it ends up. Thank you guys so much. Make sure you hit the like button, hit that subscribe button, and of course, comment let me know what your favorite card reveal this week so far is. Thank you guys so much, and we'll catch you in the next one.